Hello listeners, today I have Coop Blackson, who is an inspirational speaker and a transformational teacher. He's been inspiring audiences around the world for over 20 years, from the first time he spoke in front of 3,000 people at age 8, speaking in over 300 venues by age 18, to helping organizations develop authentic leadership and achieve extraordinary performance over the last decade. Coot is author of the national best-selling book, You Are the One, and The Magic of Surrender. He's also widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development and has been featured on Larry King, Now, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew, as well as Inc. Magazine, calls him the mindfulness guru billionaire's go-to for advice. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fill their true life's purpose. This is an individual that is living for themselves and inspiring others to do the same. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Welcome to the Live For Yourself Revolution, where our mission is to highlight stories of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who are truly living for themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, leadership and career coach focused on guiding you toward a career and life you can love. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Coot, I, I read the title of your book, The Magic of Surrender, and my mind is, is having trouble connecting the word magic and the word surrender. Help me out here. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, listen, if you want magic in your life, when I say magic, I'm not talking about David Copperfield, Hocus Pocus, magic as in possibilities, magic as in aliveness, magic as in joy, magic as in beyond limits, beyond what you can even imagine for yourself. Um, if you want magic in your life, real magic in that sense, you have to surrender. And to me, it's just an equation. Often we want magic. We all want magic, beauty, love, more joy, more abundance, but we don't want to surrender. We want to hold on to what we, um, we want to hold on to who we've been. We want to hold on to what we've had, but I really believe that the next level of our lives requires the next level of us and the next level of us requires that we let go of what's not aligned of relationships of situations of stories of ways of thinking about ourselves old identities you know old addictions and so um requires that we let go of what's not working but what we tend to do i think as human beings is hold on we tend to hold on to the old, we tend to hold on to what's familiar, we tend to hold on to the known out of <clears throat> safety, out of self-preservation, out of comfort, out of security. And so, um, yeah, surrender to me is the password to the magic. Surrender is the password to that next level of manifestation. Surrender is the, is, is the key that opens the door to more blessings, more abundance, more joy. But I think, uh, in our culture today, typically those two words don't go together um, because there's this myth, uh, or should I say a misconception in our culture that uh, surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that if you surrender, you're going to be a victim, that you're going to be left behind, that you're going to be a doormat, that you're going to be taking advantage of, that if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, desires, that you won't be able to experience the magic. And I'm actually saying that surrender is the most 
powerful thing that you can do. That surrender is the key to the great ones. If you look at, let's say, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, uh, Mandela, Martin Luther King, you know, even Elon Musk, uh, Oprah, at some point, they all had to surrender themselves. And eventually, in some shape or form, they got to experience something magical. You look at Mandela, 26 years in prison, yet the magic of his life and the magic of his legacy and the magic of his impact, to me, that's magical. None of that would have happened uh, without a level of surrender. And so what I really want people to get in that title, the magic of surrender, is, is simply that through surrendering, through the act of surrendering, and we can define what that is so that people are super clear, but through the act of surrendering, what if you didn't get less, but you got more, more than you could imagine, more than you could plan, more than you could, you know, uh, uh, create with your sort of mental, intellectual uh, will, the will of your mind, the will of your ego. What if you got more, more than you could even imagine? And so just to really clarify also, as we begin that the conversation is, when I say surrender, because there are so many misconceptions, I'm talking about letting go of control, or I should be even more specific and say the, the illusion of control. I think if the last couple of years has shown us anything, it's perhaps shown us that we're not as in control as we have thought we were as human beings. Um, and so control is the master addiction control and this addiction and this need to control everything often leads to anxiety and stress and frustration and and so this need to control i think is the ego's way our perceived sense of self the ego's way of reinforcing its existence and identity and so surrender is to let go of control surrender is to stop trying to force life to fit into our limited idea of what we think it should be to surrender is to stop trying to manipulate life into being what we think it should be based on our limited identity and mind's perception is to give up the idea of the preconceived idea of who we think we should be, how we think our life should be so that we can truly be open. Surrender is openness, you know, that's why it leads to the magic. Surrender is openness. Surrender is, is up the availability. And I think when we're truly open and available, that's when we take the limits off of life. And when we take the limits off of life, we're available to infinite possibilities. We're available to, to life unfolding truly with no limits in ways that are beyond what we can imagine for ourselves. And so that's the magic. You know, the magic is what is beyond what we can even imagine. Doesn't mean you don't have a goal. Doesn't mean you don't have an intention. Doesn't mean you don't even set a goal. It just means you don't get so attached to the goal that you set that you end up limiting yourself. It means you don't hold so tightly to that vision or the goal so that you're not open to the more, the magic that might be seeking to unfold. And so surrender. I specifically timed that ambulance just so that I could chime in and summarize for a second. <laughs> because <laughs> I heard that what it sounds like for a second. is that... Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of magic that can occur if we stop trying to keep ourselves on a path, especially if that path isn't where we want to be. And exactly. a lot of the issues that I see with my clients is that 
they are afraid of change, but they're yes. unhappy with where they're at. And so they're trying to even hold on to dearly the things that they don't even like while trying mm -hmm. to somehow grasp for something that can make it a little bit better instead of dropping expectations and surrendering to the magic that it can occur when you live truly for what you're meant to live for. And I, I would love for you to speak a little bit more about what it really means to surrender, because I'm not sure if people, of course, right, we just started talking, um, how they can, in, in, you know, take a little tidbit of that into their life tomorrow. Yeah, you know, surrender is the availability, as I was saying, is the openness, is the, the willingness to be open, is the willingness to uh, be curious. I think curiosity is one of the keys to surrender. You know, one place that people could maybe just begin, just, just start is, and there's, there's also a few different phases of surrender that we can get into as well that might help. I don't think there's like a formula, but there, there are kind of some stages. But <clears throat> I think one place that people can start as a beginning is, or I should say one of the things that I've seen that tends to block us from shifting, from transforming, from surrendering uh, all of the lies that we tell ourselves. As human beings, we lie to ourselves all the time about who we are, about what we feel, about what our truth is, about what we want. We hold on to a certain way of seeing and perceiving life, a certain identity to keep ourselves safe. And so uh, I think one of the places that we can just start as as a practical you know, application in terms of the beginnings of surrender is, is really just look at number one, like what lies am I telling myself? What lies am I telling myself? We lie to ourselves about the relationship that we're in. You know, we stay in relationships that we know aren't true, aren't authentic, and we resist that truth because we're afraid of the consequences. So what lies am I telling myself? We stay in a job or a situation that we know is not the the true calling of our soul out of security, out of safety, out of familiarity. And so we can just begin by saying, okay, what lies am I telling myself? Sometimes we're afraid to tell ourselves the truth uh, because we're afraid of the consequences. So one thing I just encourage people is take off of yourself any pressure of having to even take action on what you're acknowledging because sometimes the fear of the action that we need to take if we acknowledge the truth prevents us from truly acknowledging the truth, which prevents us from truly being able to surrender. And so the lie continues. But when we can just say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the pressure off of myself from having to take any action and just acknowledge the truth of what I feel, the truth of what's in my heart. I'm not in love anymore. I'm not, I'm in a relationship that is no longer aligned. It hasn't been aligned for years. This is this is what I feel. This is the truth. If I'm really honest, don't have to break up. I don't have to divorce. I don't have to do anything just to feel what that is, to feel the emotions and the sensations and the feelings that come up as a result of acknowledging the truth and see how that lands and let that marinate for a moment. So I think when we can take the pressure off of ourselves and just start feeling the truth, because all shift, shifts start by acknowledging the truth of what we feel. Surrender begins in that moment too. The other question is connected to that is really looking at what are we pretending to not know? It's kind of a deeper cut to that question because in so many ways, I think we, we play this game of, I don't know, a game of confusion. You know, we, 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 
but deep down there's a part of us that i think knows everything because at the deepest level we are connected to everything and so sometimes we say well i, I don't really know what my purpose is and so we resist it we resist taking the action we, we resist that calling i don't know what my purpose is when deep down we have an inkling deep down we have a nudging we have a sensation we have a felt sense there's a sense of what we are here to do but sometimes this game of confusion can be the ego strategy or way to 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 protect ourselves from having to put ourselves truly on the line of truly taking the risk truly daring truly going for it and we get to remain in a safety comfort zone bubble and as a result we can always have the future the hope of the future fantasy and so so really look at what, what am I pretending to not know? And the third thing is, is really looking at what is the cost? What is the cost of the lies I'm telling myself? And just being willing to, to feel, to feel, to feel the pain. I think when we betray ourselves, when we resist, when we betray our truth, when we hold on to what's not, no longer true, what's no longer authentic, what's no longer real, it is painful when we don't surrender and let go. It is painful. No different than when you really need to use the toilet and you hold on, it's painful. And so when we lie to ourselves, when we don't tell the truth to ourselves, when we don't surrender, when we resist, it, it, it's painful. It's meant to be painful. To me, the pain isn't bad. The pain is a signal. The pain is a signal that there's something that needs our attention. The pain is a signal that there's something we get to course correct, to feel deeper into, to acknowledge that we're not acknowledging. Yet what we tend to do as human beings, I think, is distract ourselves. We drink it away, drug it away, sex it away, social media it away, work it away as a way to not feel the truth. And so I think one thing we can do is just create the space in our lives to just listen to our feelings, listen to our body, listen to the signals, listen to our deeper sense of intuition and feel the, acknowledge the pain and use that pain as an opportunity to course correct. And I think that's, that's where we can also just begin with the truth, you know, mm -hmm. and acknowledging the truth. And, that, and that's just a, a, a place to start, a place to begin the process of surrender. You know, it's, it's interesting that you, that you say this because you know, I, I look at people that are ignorant to the pain that they might be feeling or the situations that they're in, and maybe they're in a bad relationship, but don't think that it's a bad relationship. We're in a pretty bad job and don't think that mm. it's a pretty bad job. But the, yep. the people that are aware, the people that complain, the people that bring that negativity home, the people that'll, that, that knowingly sit in a, a world that is draining them. And they don't act. So they, they, they know the lies they're telling themselves. They know what they're hiding for themselves and they know the costs, but they don't do anything about it. You know, what, would, what would you like? What are you feeling when I, when I describe that type of situation? Because I, I think ignorance, ignorance can be bliss. If you're in a, in a situation that isn't really working for you, but you don't mind that, that's fine. But what we're, I think what we're talking about is the people that are in pain constantly. Un and unhappy with what they're trying to control and the expectations that they set for themselves. So they have the awareness, but is it that they don't have enough of the awareness or what's preventing them from acting? Yeah, you know, I, I think what I feel is a tremendous amount of compassion because I think taking action can be scary. 
and taking action and doing something different can be scary. So I think it's not about, uh, sometimes we tend to judge ourselves harshly for not doing what we should do. But I would just say, if you're not taking action to really first just cultivate a relationship with yourself of compassion, a relationship with yourself of understanding, a relationship with yourself of empathy. That's, that's the first thing I would say, because it is scary to change. It is scary to make the shifts. And, you know, many times when we don't take the action, when we don't do what we know we should do, when, we, when, when a part of us doesn't uh, act in accordance with what we feel, we have the awareness, um, you know, there's fear. And so I think the more we're able to acknowledge that fear and be with, sit with, work with, communicate with, understand that part of us that is afraid, that part of us that, that is in not taking action usually has a positive intention, which is to keep us safe. And I think if we can have the sensitivity, the empathy, the compassion to not even override that part of us that's afraid, but to get into relationship with it and bring loving to that part of ourselves, and really, should we say, start communicating with the, those parts of ourselves that might be afraid and just check in and just feel like, what is the fear? What is it I'm really afraid of? What is really going on? What is it I'm really afraid of? And start a relationship with that part of ourselves, you know, because I think the more we can do that, the more we can get into relationship, the more we can synchronize, the more healing can happen. And to me, that that's that's a beginning. That's that's what's important. You know, the the the, the ability to bring loving and compassion to the parts of ourselves that are afraid, what we tend to do is judge ourselves and beat ourselves up. But I think underlying many behaviors is usually a positive intention. So even when we don't take action, that part of us that isn't taking action is trying to keep us safe in some way. And I think when we can acknowledge that positive intention of that part and meet ourselves with compassion, with tenderness, with kindness, then we have a relationship with that part of ourselves. And then, you know, I think anything worthwhile, anything, anyone that's done anything great, there is always fear. There's always going to be some level of fear of going into the unknown. So yes, bring the compassion, bring the understanding, get into a relationship, bring the empathy, because judging yourself and beating yourself up for not doing what you think you know you need to be doing never really works. And see what's underneath that. Maybe there's something that you need. Maybe there's some, some, maybe you're not taking action because there's some fear. We can be with the fear, deal with that fear. Maybe you're not taking action because you don't have a certain amount of knowledge. You don't have a certain amount of education, but like, then we can deal with what, what is this fear? Work with that. But also at a certain point, I think fear at least I've learned in my life, fear at a certain point is only gets, get, only gets moved through in the process of living, in the process of jumping out of the airplane, in the process of taking action, and the process of living life itself. I think there's, there's only so much we can truly overcome fear by sitting on the sidelines. I think at a certain point, we have to throw ourselves in and trust and be courageous. And I think that's, 
That's why the subtitle of my book is Finding the Courage. It takes courage to acknowledge the fear, to feel the fear, and take a step. And to me, I think sometimes we don't take the step because we look at the hugeness of what we think we're here to do, the hugeness of our purpose, the hugeness of the impact, you know, the, the step that we need to do. And I would just say, just, just let's be practical for a second, break it down. Don't look at the entirety of what you think you have to do or the change you have to make. But once you get into relationship with yourself, just, just, just ask yourself, what is a small step I can take? What is a small, maybe it's just having a conversation. Maybe it's just writing in your journal. Maybe it's picking up the phone. Maybe it's setting up an appointment to have a conversation. But I think if we can start moving ourselves into the direction of what's scary, if we can just take a small step in the direction, momentum can build, momentum can grow, you know, and that's, that's what also helps. When I was, when I was 18 years old, you know, I grew up in London. Uh, my father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. Uh, my father's a minister. And so I grew up watching, you know, just for a bit of background, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up at wheelchairs. My father was a healer. He was considered the miracle man of Africa. He built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, built a huge church in London for 5,000 people. And so for me, my entire life was set out for me. Uh, I was supposed to take over my father's churches. I was supposed to be his successor. Uh, he announced, I remember when I was 14, he announced to the congregation one Sunday that my son is taking over. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? Like, like no one talked talk to me about it. Uh, but I was, you know, in that moment, I went along with it. And I was too afraid to confront my father. My fear was if I spoke my truth, if I spoke what I knew was true, that I would be outcast. You know, if I dared to be myself, that I would lose his love. If I dared to speak my truth, that I would be alone. And I think in, in so many ways, we allowed the fear to hijack us. And yet, when I turned 18, so I went through four years of real internal turmoil and conflict and depression and questioning and soul searching. When I turned 18, I decided to not go to university. Uh, I decided I wanted to come to America. It wasn't really a decision. I felt a, a calling in my soul. There was a calling in my soul that said, go to America. This is where your destiny lies. I had no idea how I was going to do it. I was terrified. I was scared. I, I just had no clue. But sometimes what I, what, what I saw is sometimes what your soul guides you to do is going to be outside of your comfort zone. What your soul guides you to do is, is it, it won't always be convenient or make sense to your mind. But what I've also found is when you are courageous and you take the step and you go in that direction of, of truly honoring your authentic soul's calling, the true calling of your soul, even if it doesn't make sense to your logic or your mind, but it comes from a deeper part of you and you feel the rightness of it, you will always end up in the right place, even though the root that and, and the map that you might take may not always be the most expected route. And so there came a point where I knew what I had to do. For four years, I knew what I had to do. And for me, the, the, the determining point was at 18, I looked into my future and I projected, and this might help someone, I looked into my future and age 20, age 20, 25, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 68, you know, I looked way into my future and I saw that I could be successful by everyone else's standards. 
But if I didn't have myself, and I really just let myself feel the pain, honestly, of, wow, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and let myself, rather than numbing myself or justifying or negotiating or resisting, just to really let my heart feel the pain of, shall I say, this soul suicide of not doing what I knew I had to do, that this would be my life, this would be my future, this would be my destiny. When I, let, when I stopped justifying and just let myself feel the pain of that, it broke my heart. I mean, it was, it was painful. And that's, for me, one thing that gave me some courage. It wasn't easy. It's never going to necessarily be easy. It doesn't have to be easy. If, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But that's part of what gave me the courage to feel the pain of like, wow, like I'm betraying myself. And the pain of that was, was so intense and, and so visceral that that gave me the courage to have a very difficult conversation with my father. Now, some people speaking to their father's no big deal, but for me, this guy was iconic and this, this guy was revered and so, I knew I would break my father's heart. I knew I would shatter his heart, which was very painful. And I, I was sure that my relationship with him would be over. Cut a long story short, whilst terrified, terrified and trembling. Imagine this 18 year old kid, I, have this, I, I walk up the stairs, have the conversation with my dad. He says nothing other than, are you sure? I say, yes, we don't speak for two years. Scary, terrifying, but deep down, the pain, to, to feel the pain of not taking action and, and, and the consequence of that and the projection into the future and to feel the pain of that, when I really let myself feel it, that's for me part of what at that stage, and I have many other examples, but part, at that stage is part of what helped me uh, move through. So you don't have to not feel fear. Embrace the fear. Acknowledge the fear. In fact, I like to say, if you don't feel some fear in life, and I'm not talking about like a tiger chasing you, you know, but if you don't feel some fear, some, some, some energy, some like, wow, because your goals and what you're up to and the next phase of your evolution, the next phase of yourself, it should scare you a little bit. There should be a, a, a level of fear that's kind of healthy because you've never been there before. You haven't done it before. It shouldn't be like, yeah, I already know how I'm going to do this. Yeah, it's book. No, no. It should be like, shit. How, how am I going to do this? I'm a little. I'm a little. I'm a little scared. I'm a little afraid. Wow. I, I, this is scary because it. It. The, to me, goals are evolutionary in a sense that they take you outside of your current identity. They expand you outside of your current perception of yourself, which is a little scary. And so I think embrace- It really is very similar to being like chased by a tiger. I mean, it creates that we do feel those fears because it's an unknown. Yes. Our body's trying it's to keep us safe, like you mentioned. Yeah. I really like how you took the lying to ourselves and expanded it into the future because that's, that's where the pain can really become, I think- real yeah. uh, and influential yeah. yes uh, because and that might move us to action and the piece that i'm really curious about is you know how do you know what you need to do like you said we all know mm. what we need to do deep down inside we have this almost this little voice whispering to us that maybe we're not listening to enough uh, <laughs> but what what might you what you say to our audience uh, you know i i'm really i love i love this question 
how do you know what you need to do? Here's what I would say. It's a delicate question. Um, you don't need to know what you need to do. Because at least what I found for myself is there were moments where I was sure about what I needed to do, where I thought I knew what I needed to do. And it really wasn't, really wasn't. The, 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 let's say, it, it, I was so sure about something, but what I was sure about wasn't really what it was. It wasn't really what I thought it was. And so you may never really know what you need to do, but I think part of the freedom <clears throat> comes from giving up the need to know what you need to do and the attachment of what you think is right and wrong. Because even, even if you, I think what's important is you move in the direction of what feels true. You may have no freaking idea is it, isn't it, is it? Because sometimes when you think something is, it really turns out to be the complete opposite because the mechanism that we use to determine reality, the mind, the ego, the structure, you know, the mechanism that we use to perceive a certain moment and make meaning about something to a degree in and of itself is conditioned from past programming and traumas and experiences and parents and what have you. So often the mechanism with which we're using what to, 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 to determine what's right to do and what's wrong to do and what's aligned to do is limited to a degree. It's, it's, it, we're not able to see the entire tapestry and possibilities and interconnected flow of our life from the perspective of our own limited identity, what to do, what's not to do. So if we sit there and just try to figure that out, We'll be going around in circles forever. And so I think what's important is to realize that you don't need to know. But what is important is you go and you move in the direction of what feels true in this moment, what feels authentic in this moment. Like I knew I had to come to America. I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't even guarantee is it right or is it wrong. All I knew is this felt like a deeper pull, a deeper uh, calling, a deeper, there was something deeper than my mind and my logic trying to like figure it out. In so many ways, we try to figure it out, left, right, you know, draw on a piece of paper, pros and cons. It's like we mentally strategize, it's limited. For me, that decision to come to the US, it just felt like it was, it just felt like it was something that was arising from a deeper place than my mind, a, deep, I mean, a deeper place than my logic. And so for me, that's how I knew that this was the direction I needed to move. I didn't have an idea where that direction would lead me, had no idea where that direction would take me. I just knew like something is nudging me here. To me, part of surrender is the willingness to live the unknown. And in that willingness to live the unknown, not just project your mind or your past into the present, into the future. When you are willing to live the unknown, to me, the beauty of it is it's a shift in how we live. It's, it's allowing life to lead you, allowing life to show you. And I think when we, and this is just speaking from my experience, I think when, when you, 
really just open yourself and attune yourself, become still, become quiet, feel. Life has, has a, how should we say? Life has a flow. It's like if you look at a river, a gentle river, sometimes it looks like it's not moving, but it has a flow. You can fight that flow. It doesn't mean you won't get somewhere, but life has a flow. And when I found the river has a flow, life has a flow. And what I found is when you just attune to, where is the flow? There's a flow moving. Wow, it's kind of going in this direction. And so I think when we can attune to that and live in sync with that very subtle flow and allow life to lead us, then we go in that direction. And as we move in that direction, because it feels authentic, it feels true, it feels like, yeah, this feels true. Life reveals to us, when we take that step, life reveals to us what's next. Then life reveals to us what's next. Then life reveals to us what's next. And I think so long as we're doing that, so long as we're being true as we can to that in the moment, then you can never go wrong because the journey that you go on, even if you thought you made a mistake in the moment from the, from the perception of your mind, so long as you're being true to what's authentic, not what you think you should be doing and the direction and the decision, but what's true in the moment, then the journey you go on, there will be lessons for you to learn. There will be lessons for you to evolve through and grow through and expand through so that your soul can grow and evolve and learn what you need to learn so that you can become more. And as you learn those lessons, as you learn those lessons, to me, that is the that is the success that is the benefit that is the beauty you know so i like to say goals are evolutionary so be true go in the direction of what feels uh, most true in the moment mm -hmm. as you were talking i was reflecting on how people don't give themselves enough credit mm. and they don't have enough faith in themselves and in the world and in terms of how they show up in the present. They're so worried about the future and so worried about the past. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if our listeners wanted to be, you know, if they wanted to surrender and be nudged towards more of your magic, <laughs> where, 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 where do they find you? Where do they find me? Um, well, um, firstly, the magic of surrender book is, coming out in paperback on May the 3rd. So depending on when you're listening to this conversation, uh, get the book on Amazon. There's a lot of uh, info there and uh, hopefully you'll find inspiration in the book. So Amazon, get the magic of surrender paperback. For those that do, uh, I'm doing a very special uh, live virtual, virtual live event on May the 7th uh, called Reinvent Life going to be talking about the seven stages of reinventing yourself. So if you buy the paperback, you get to come and experience that live virtual event uh, for free as a gift and, uh, and also get access to a whole bunch of uh, videos and gifts. And so the website for that, for those that want to know more, is www.cootblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar, cootblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar. Uh, cootblackson.com is my website. You can find out info there about my events and uh, Instagram, Facebook. Come say hi. I'm there. Well, thank you, Coot. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. 
Yeah, I really do appreciate your time and your wisdom and your energy. And it's it's made me feel like I've surrendered a little bit more today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for your great questions. You've been part of the Live For Yourself revolution. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share with a friend and spread the good word. Until next time, keep on living for yourself. <laughs>